Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. It's Nick Nunziata calling from Chud Headquarters here in Alpharetta, Georgia. Welcome to hopefully the first of many Tuesday morning screws where we will discuss whatever the hell you want, as well as uh, take a look back at the box office, talk about what's coming out today, and uh, I think every week we'll just talk about the fact that Devin Faraci is leaving the site. Because typically what we do is we get caught up in stuff like this. We're emotional people. We're... we're uh, we're peaceful creatures for the most part, but sometimes something gets inside and roots itself and starts to fondle from within. And I think in some respects, Devin's done that to a lot of you, and I know a lot of you are going to miss him, and some of you are going <clears> to <throat> are going to vacate the premise because uh, it's way too serious around here uh, otherwise. Um, but, you know, so we'll have some fun. But I do want to involve you guys as much as possible, and uh, as an extension of that, as we move forward with the new Chud, um, I want to get the community to get even tighter than it, than it is. Uh, I think uh, our message boards are pretty damn good. Uh, we're going to be working on some stuff that enhances that in September. You will see a brand new way of business. Uh, as far as chat, you'll see some new interesting stuff that we can do with that. And um, scat, I think we're going to actually have a section where we can each take a look at each other's uh, uh, excrement and, and, and compare them. This is, uh, it's, it's the late August in 2010, and it makes me very disgusted to know that 20 years ago, I was resigning as a projectionist at a movie theater. 20 years ago, I think Red October, that was the year Red October had come out, the, I think, it, well, 89 and 90, like you had The Abyss and Red October and Nightbreed and a bunch of other classic acts, I think, and uh, it was already 20 years, so... I mean, I've got I've got white pubic hair now, so I'm I'm pretty much on the way out. But it's just kind of an interesting thing to look back. It's been 20 years uh, since I was I was in that world, and some of you folks, some of the people that read Chud, are probably just entering that phase. And the difference between you and I um, is that I uh, I was excited. I had a future, uh, and I don't anymore. <laughs> anyway. So uh, as we wait for folks to call in, and that number, if you want to call in, it's toll-free if you're calling from someplace far away. Uh, it's 877-598-8651. Uh, so please do. Please call in. And you don't really have to. Don't, don't try to bring your A game. This is not the Jim Rome show. You know, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to come in here and try, to, and try to, like, one-up the guy that came in before, especially since there's no guy that's come in before. It's just me. Um, looking at the weekend... It's it's a interesting. You know, some people were talking about how um, the Expendables is like just a juggernaut, but in reality, uh, it's it's been number one for two weekends in a row. Uh, but it's not going to be like a major major blockbuster or anything like that. It's going to do well, um, and I think uh, as long as as nobody involved dies or or becomes uh, too caught up in the in the personal life of Burt Young, I think we might see another one. But uh, looking at the final tally, you got the Expendables at number one, uh, doing almost 17 million bucks, uh, which is uh, a five, a five, uh, five thousands average. Okay, that's that's dumb. Uh, but 
total is at 65 uh, against theoretically an $80 million budget. And uh, you got to think that people are going to, you know, start to peter out, although it's going to do huge in, in countries where people are brown. Uh, vampire suck. I, I don't even know enough about it, and I know a lot of people are really violently ill about it, and I just don't have enough uh, enough energy to care. Eat, pray, love. Twelve, number three. I don't really, I don't. Doesn't really bother me that that movie's, you know, kind of going to be around a while. Julia Roberts is so much better than people give her credit for, and Bardem and and James Franco sweeten it. Lottery tickets and nightmare. The other guys, which I found was really disappointing. Uh, it had moments, but I thought it was really disappointing. You know, it's going to do it's going to do Anchorman numbers, maybe a little bit more, and uh, I'm sure it costs considerably more. We'll see what happens. Piranha 3D, best 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 new release by far, um, did 10 million dollars, and they're already talking about a sequel, which is good because uh, I can't really understand why anybody would have any problems with that movie. It's delightful. It's a sweet. It's a sweet. You know, and and actually, somebody whose opinion I really like uh, on Twitter had said it it, it was an Ed Hardy movie. Like basically saying that everything about the movie reeked of that of that world. And I totally didn't get that. Ed Hardy's that Martin Short character, right? The Switch came out. No one no one really got too excited about it. It's a Miramax film and Miramax makes amazing movies. Just flawless stuff uh, in January. Nanny McPhee came out that's the uh, Emma Thompson with a mole. And then Inception, you may have heard of, is uh, still petering along. And then, of course, the sad, horrible, horrible news about Scott Pilgrim. But if you look at the decrease in uh, percentage, it's pretty much right there with the Expendables. I mean, it declined 51%, which is it's, it's, a, it's a big number, but it's nowhere near as big as, as a lot of movies like that. It's not going to really help Scott Pilgrim. You know, it's domestic release, but it's uh, it's a tiny little bit of silver lining that, um, you know, it's it might stick around a few weeks. It'll start to seep in and hopefully plant the seeds for what's going to ultimately be, as everybody who's seen the movie knows, is going to be something that people look back, you know, 20 years from now that actually means quite a bit to them. So fuck it. Um, also, <laughs> this is great. The worst week of DVD releases I can I can imagine. It's good that I'm starting this this silly show the week of asshole coming out on DVD. It's all TV shit. It's Lost, which I I I don't even care. It's it's it's, it's toothed. Uh, NCIS, the most popular show in the world with the blandest star in the world. Um, Gossip Girl, The Simpsons. I mean, this is. This is nightmares. The only good thing that's coming out this week is, is the Time Bandits on Blu-ray, but it's an absolutely stripped-down version of the movie. And if you own the Criterion, I don't. I mean, I don't. I can't imagine that Blu-ray is going to be that much sexier that it justifies spending money on that nightmare. Looking to the chat room, somebody uh, says that Scott Pilgrim opens in his town tomorrow, which is a, a Wednesday. And I guess that's because they're trying to capitalize on maybe a few days before school starts up. I don't know. I don't know where is where is Dara Dara. Let's ask. If it's Bangladesh. I think there's hope for Scott Pilgrim yet. It's going to be big, really big there. Um, so let me t- let me talk a little bit about Devin. Because this is uh, this is his last week at Chud.com. Um, 
and okay, Dara's in Ireland. Awesome. Excellent, excellent. I, I love the fact that there's at least one person in Ireland who, who visits Chad. Actually, I know there's a few, which is great. Now all you guys need to do is uh, is uh, let me into your local contingent of the, of the Irish mob, because I've got some, some, some ideas that I think will work well after reading the Patty Whacked book. I'm really excited about it. <clears throat> but um, So here we go. Devin Faraci has been with Chad for many, many, many years, and uh, came up to the message boards as... Uh, as just a guy, I think it was Devil CF was his original handle, um, and when an opening came for a news writer, he kind of stepped up. As many people have, most of our writers have come up as through that through there, and I think it's been you know obviously if you look at the track record, there's been some super people come out of it, and a lot of those people uh, have gone out and and really kind of made their name in in, in the movie business. I'm not going to use say that Chud's the reason, but I think Chud has helped a lot of folks get their voice out there, hone their chops, and get a thick skin in the process. And I think that can't be undervalued. Getting a thick skin from people uh, on message boards and on talkbacks and all that is, uh, is pretty is pretty helpful. It's disgusting, and it shouldn't have to be that way, but it is. And uh, so, you know, it was funny how I spent so much time early on in Devin's career, Chud, um, trying to trying to uh, deal with people that didn't that, that weren't appreciating what he was doing or not giving him the ample time it takes to establish your voice. Um, and over the course of the, you know the years that he's been there, obviously he's become a better writer, he's become more confident, he's he's gotten his uh, he's gotten his um, his really mind wrapped around what what movies are to him, but he's also made a lot of really good connections and friends that have helped steer him towards what people want to read. Uh, he's gotten a lot more insider information that it's used to inform him as a writer. And he's just become something of a force. And, uh, and, and for a long time, he was the voice of Chud. And it's been a very helpful thing. And it was, I think it was necessary because I was busy. Um, there was, uh, oh, there's always turnaround. Uh, and, you know, it's the Internet. It, nobody, you know, there's no reason necessarily for people to stay in one location. They can go, you can get movie news and information everywhere now. So he did a really great thing, and he is leaving. And the good news is is that he's leaving on really good terms. There's no bad blood. There's no hard feelings. I'm actually really proud of him. He's, uh, his new gig, which he'll announce sometime down the line, is, uh, is he's not working for a competitor. He's doing something that will both allow people to continue to enjoy some of what made him Devin, but also see him do some new stuff uh, that uh, that is nothing about a movie website and news and stuff like that. So it could be really cool. I can't wait till he makes it public, and I can't wait to see how people uh, find find ways to infuriate him even as he continues to do great things. And that, so I'm really happy for him. And I think... Um, and I think that down the line over the years, you'll probably see uh, Devin, um, you know, his name mentioned in conjunction with the site in different ways. You know, like maybe maybe some sort of a crossover or some sort of a, you know, a, a good on you kind of thing. But Chud, of course, has to go on. And that's the other part of this is that we've got some new folks that are going to be coming in. Um, some are already here and some will start to filter in over the next two or three months. Uh, we have a redesign that comes up in uh, September which we are we are beta testing uh, right now and building and getting it all tweaked. It's 
it's kind of a kind of a car crash right now as we import the old stuff and try to figure out how to make it work. But but it's getting there, and it's going to be pretty. It's going to be a lot more simple. It's going to be streamlined, and it's going to be a stronger because one of the things that happened with the site that you're on now is that it's completely jacked. I mean, the fact that you're able to visit the site is a miracle because of the people that that built it. Elaine and Lawrence, a bunch of ugh, a bunch of bastards. Um, uh, it, it, it was abandoned. It was abandoned, you know, halfway through the process, so we had to make do. But uh, the chud that's going to come is going to be really strong, and I think it'll make it, your, your visiting experience a lot easier. And the message boards will continue to be, except they'll be spiffed up. Um, so I'm not I'm not really ready to announce exactly who we're bringing in. I've, I've teased at it on on the message boards, but we're gonna the, the rest assured. Though I'm not trying to replace Devin because there is no replacement for him. There's going to be plenty to enjoy on the site, and uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to match the um, intellectual stuff that Devin was able to bring. Uh, it was a little bit more highbrow than uh, that I'm capable of and that the site's known for. Uh, but we're going to try and uh, and to complement that or at least distract you, we're going to try to do some silly shit. So hopefully that'll work out for you. So I would really like to. Uh, see what folks uh, want to talk about out there. So the toll-free number is 1-877-598-8651. And the definition of toll-free is that you don't pay. If you're local, as in the States, or if you have a, a calling program that doesn't charge you for long distance, please call 1-347-826-9100. And that's pretty much the beginning of that bullshit that I had to offer. And uh, there's a couple of other things that are kind of interesting that are kind of tweaking around there. Um, there is speculation about um, a uh, some 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 big movies that are being put together now that will uh, really kind of dictate how we proceed moving forward. Obviously. You know, the dudes at Pixar are making a live-action film, which is a big step. Guillermo's gotten his Mountains of Madness, which is a big step. And uh, he's doing it with Cameron, which is obviously huge. And I think uh, for the first time in a good long while, uh, we actually have kind of a, a film climate that is somewhat experimental or somewhat challenging itself. And even though there are people making movies with Ben Stiller that, you know, don't do anything to further the the art form, um, I think uh, I think it's really cool, you know, because as much as we, we can be negative about all the remakes and sequels and premakes and schlequels and all that stuff that they're doing, there's always these little things out there that, that keep us going. And right now it seems like um, a lot of the, the really cool people are in power, um, people that, uh, you know, I, I would say um, my generation or the generation uh, right before mine. You know, dudes that are probably, you know, 33 to 45 um, that have cut their teeth and now are actually, you know, have some have some clout and they're using it well. And so I think it's kind of it's kind of a really interesting time. And I would not be surprised if um, if one of those movies um, doesn't do well if you see some of that power stripped away. But we got a few years to milk it, and uh, and you know when somebody like James Cameron gets the kind of windfall that he's gotten, 
where Christopher Nolan gets the kind of windfall that he's gotten. And, and to a lesser extent, what Sam Raimi was able to parlay and Peter Jackson, but I think that both of those guys are licking their wounds right now. I mean, like, as much as I love Sam Raimi, you know, gr- growing up on him, his Ghost House movies have been mostly mediocre. Um, and without the Spider-Man franchise, I don't, I don't think he has nearly the same kind of leverage. And, and Peter Jackson obviously made The Lovely Bones, which was which was a compound fracture. And, uh, but, you know, so I think I think it's kind of interesting. I think it's kind of fun shit. Um, I also want to talk about my groin for just a short while. Okay, we have a caller. And they're gone. All right. Thanks for that. Thanks for that, you asshole. You're a horrible man. Um, I'm also going to... Uh, this okay we have um two things to go over before i before i really get upset um there is a new website coming for from our 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 ranks um in about three months and it's going to be very special it's going to be homoerotic it's going to be uh cobbled together with duct tape and anal sauce, but it's going to be uh, a really a step in the direction that I think you know, some of the people that um, that read the site will love and some will will be baffled by. But it's much a much broader spectrum. So what I would love to see is if the four people that are listening to here uh, were to call in because I can't give away what the site's going to be. And it would be it would be a nightmare. Um, I'm getting I'm getting a little worried here. From I'm reading the, the comments about Devin leaving, and and it's always one asshole that has to come in and be negative. You know, the, the fact that he's leaving should be enough. You know, but no, some people have to just go in there and be a dick about it. Like if if. It's like it's like uh, all right. You find out that you're terminal and you're on your deathbed, and and people are coming to, to give their last regards, and and this is that's a good analogy because Devin is dying, um, and 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 someone comes in and says you, basically you were shit, and, you know it's too late, it's too late. You ruined the site. I'm never coming back even with you gone. I'm trying to figure out how that works out. How does that how does that help? It's baffling. Um, did you see? Did you see when uh, try when JFK was on his death limo? Did people come up and shoot him in the face? Probably a bad analogy. Once again, the numbers are. <laughs> One eight seven seven five nine eight eight six five one. I wish I had some quotes, some some clips from the Chud Greatest Hits Part Two that Justin and I are working on. It, it'll be out next week. We've got about another two episodes to, to pass through, um, but we are uh, we are we have some special shit in there. We have some really some great stuff that involves uh, Jeffrey Osborne. 
some stuff that uh, involves Melissa Manchester, some Ted Knight, a surprising guest appearance from Thomas Schlamme, um, uh, a 30-minute retrospective of uh, My Bodyguard. Uh, we've got uh, special uh, unheard audio clips from behind the scenes of um, Around the Fire. We've got a Howling 3 cast member call in. We've got uh, a special game of Parcheesi uh, where we both teamed up against Alice Kriege. We, um, we have our, the discussion that was heavily edited in the actual podcast between us and Kevin Dillon about the significance of, um, of the blob in, in today's popular culture. We've got Steve Murphy's uh, Man on the Scene interview with Dick Durock. We've got um, special footage of Justin um, sneaking drugs into Brittany Murphy's house. We've got uh, a very rare exclusive interview with uh, Richard Harris's tit. We've got um, Carmen Electra um, getting mistaken for Carmen Sandiego. We've got um, Pete Postlethwaite doing a river dance. We've got uh, a very exclusive Harper's Island uh, dissection from the star of the show itself, Peter Gallagher. We've got Liam Gallagher. Uh, we've got, uh, we play hopscotch with uh, Martin Scorsese. We've got uh, a special um, edition uh, limited pewter figurine of, of, of Hank Williamson, who is a, a, a man I just made up. We've got uh, a scene where, uh, oh my God, this is great. I don't know if you guys remember, this is in Podcast 12. Justin got into a wrist fight with Claire Forlani. That was unstoppable stuff. So all those things will be on our greatest hits. Um, uh, see, Justin, Justin Wardell, who is the, the, one of the uh, amazing co-stars of this nightmare, uh, he's having his cable taken out. He's, having, he's, he's going from, I don't know if he's going to cable from something else, from DSL, or if he's going from DSL to cable, or if he's going from cable to DSV. But regardless, that's why he's not on the show right now. And that's why he's not at work right now, which is, you know, I'd rather him be at work and not on the show than him dealing with a sweaty man at his house, unless the sweaty man is me. Um, another interesting potential future for this podcast is the ability to have Mr. Steve Murphy available 24-7 as he is going to be joining the office here in the coming months. So imagine that. Imagine having, first of all, have you noticed how amazing the audio is since I'm not on a cell phone? It's fucking clear. It's delightful. That's the way it's going to be. So imagine having Steve Murphy here almost all the time to talk, like Brad Pitt, as well as other guests, and then you bring Justin into it? Magnificence. So in some respects, Devin's dying for your sins. You know, uh, his having to leave for his delightful new opportunity um, allows you the ability to hear Steve Murphy fumble through conversations with very limited knowledge about movies um, only to be covered up by Justin and myself's bad jokes. You might get that on a more regular basis. So congratulations to all of us.
Um, still, still nobody calling in. So this is what it's like to be one. Of, I, this is what it must have felt like in Nazi Germany. Um, all right, well, I'm going to talk about Runaway with with Gene Simmons and Tom Selleck then. <laughs> That's a spoiler. <clears throat> so, I'm trying to think of what other interesting shit I could talk about with nobody coming to help me. Should have made this a 12-minute show. It would have been perfect. I want to give everybody the address to Chud headquarters, because what I'd like you to do is to send me presents. For no reason. I'm not going to, though. Um, let me describe to you what, uh, what my vision for the next few months of your life is. Um, to the listener listening to us from their office, um, quietly hoping that nobody realizes they're not working, you should tell her that you love her. You should tell her that you care about her because you never know when she's going to start fucking that other guy right in the fucking ass. So you should tell her. You shouldn't be so timid about everything, you son of a bitch. You wanted to invite her to Prana 3D, but you didn't. Instead, you took your friend, the fat kid. You should ask her out. You should ask her out simply because she's in a coma. You should ask her out because you never know when tomorrow something shit's going to happen to you. Absolutely tomorrow for sure. You're going to be crossing the street and you're going to get hit by a Starbucks truck. And then you're going to get run over by a, a Dunkin' Donuts train. So there's my love advice. You fat motherfucker, ask her out before she before she gets all up in it. <laughs> Who's this? Oh, yeah. So, so there's people that are IMing me that, that, that won't call in, but there's, <laughs> there's people that won't call in. I'm getting items from people that have comments on, on ways to improve the show. Oh, and who's this? Jeremy Butler also. So, Jeremy, I think you should call in because I think your performances or the Nautilus needs to be heard by millions. All right. Let me tell you something else. <laughs> I'm not doing this every week by myself. I feel like I feel like a little a little kid on the set of Over the Top, completely completely left to my own devices while Stallone does what he does. Is it wrong that I'm not really proud about the Expendables? I've worshipped Stallone since I was a, an embryo, and I don't care that it's doing well, and I don't care that it's number one. Is that wrong? Is that am I betraying my fellow mutated Italian? Stallone's great, and he's got the number one movie, and he's he's got power. Yet I don't really care, and I think it's partially because of the timing, um, and because of how oversold that movie was. Uh, I mean, The Expendables is a, is a fun movie. And it's got some good folks in it, but the ads made it out to be like a Caligula, you know, like just everything that's ever been good all the time, right in your face, and it's really not. And uh, I think also the some of the some of the choices and how they marketed it was lame. I mean, the the Schwarzenegger cameo is almost almost embarrassing. It's almost embarrassing to watch him on screen. 
uh, yet it, it was in almost every advertisement. You know, once it was public, you know, public knowledge that he was in the movie. It's sad. But if I were to do the Expendables all over again, I think I think you could do a better job of casting it. I think you get Stallone. I think you get Dolph Lundgren. I think you get Gary Daniels because these are A-listers. But I think you have to go deeper. You have to find the real the real gems in the action panorama. You don't get Chuck Norris. The guy does infomercials. He's a he's a, he's a plastic surgery nightmare. You got to dig deeper. You got to get Jeff Wincott. Jeff needs the work. You don't get Gary Busey because he's a legend. You don't get Gary Coleman because he's out of town. But imagine an Expendables where Jason Statham is fighting evil men while standing alongside somebody like Epic, somebody, a magic, a magician like Robert Davi. Can you imagine Robert Davi and, and Statham back-to-back -back on a movie poster? And they can emboss the Robert Davi side so that it's lifelike. What about, what about another poster where Jet Li is doing a kung fu move right next to um, Christopher Lee? That's synergy. They're both Asian. They both have problems with the English language. They both have a white beard, except Jet Li wears him, his a little lower in the, in the woods. Um, I think, and I think you, you, you get Stallone, you pair him with England's Sylvester Stallone. Um, little known guy. Same, same look, just a, a cooler voice. Put those two guys together. You get, um, you get, uh, you pull Robert Russler out from movie jail. Not having done much since the vamp. Fuck, you can take Chris Makepeace as well. That's the Expendables. That Galligan. I wonder if he's ever been mistaken for Zach Galifianakis. Or vice versa. Can you imagine Zach Galifianakis walks into a, a bank to cash a real check and they refuse him because Zach Galligan has come in there months and months at a time with fake ones? That's so weird. That's so weird that Zach Galifianakis is a huge star right now and Zach Galligan is in obscurity where he belongs. You know what we met? We, we haven't had a lot of really good, um, really good talented people die of weird diseases lately. It's all same old shit. It's like an overdose or misusing medication or heart attack or something stupid like that. You know, somebody, somebody's face blows in. Um, but there's, there's no Rock Hudson happening. Not, not that he died of an obscure disease, but nobody saw that coming. Um, he, I want, I want like, and I don't want anybody to die, except for a handful of people. But it would be really interesting, I think, for the film climate if, like, let's say, I don't know, Nick Cannon was like uh, traveling abroad and he caught the Haunta virus. That would make headlines. That would remind people that we're all fragile. If Nick Cannon can be taken away by a a monkey disease, even though it's a rat disease then we're all capable. Trivia about me, I used to do, uh, I used to work for the CDC and one of my, one of my gigs was creating a 
viral, not a viral, a, uh, a like a mind control website about the hantavirus for the CDC for children. Hey kids, here's a skeleton of somebody who died, and that's true. Somebody mentions David Carradine on, on our chat room, and uh, I think he died of being in the closet choking. Am I wrong? I could be wrong. <laughs> so, oh my God! I don't know who Horfin is on the mess on the chat room, but the fantastic idea of Statham and Doug Henning together. Holy crims! Isn't he dead, Doug? Doug Henning? I think he's out of here. I think he's in the in the in the afterwards. David Carradine. Yeah, I, I think it was. Um, I don't remember which comedian it was. It might have been Doug Stanhope. He was talking about you know people dying perfectly on time. I don't remember which, who it was talking about how um, when uh, Hunter S. Thompson killed himself, it was like the perfect thing. It was like the perfect timing. Um, and that's true. I think David Carradine probably died at the perfect time. Um, I think he died. I mean, like, what more What more does David Carradine have to offer at this stage? I mean, Kill Bill reminded him, reminded him, no, it reminded us that he was good and he was capable of good things but it also reminded us that he's difficult to look at. Like Mickey Rourke, huge comeback with The Wrestler. Now it's kind of like, you know what, Mickey? We, we had our, our little celebrate you moment. Now I think you should take that that nightmare face back into the forest. Is that wrong? Is it wrong to think that way about other people that are hideous? We have two Irish people in our chat room. I don't understand. I don't understand what's become of, of Chud. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the second sign after Devin leaving. Like, like there's, there's like five or six signs before we are just descended to madness. Two Irishmen in one chat room on Chud. That's a sign. Um, Devin leaving's a sign. Alex Riviello has bred. There's a child that flew out of his dick. That's a sign. Isn't that how kids come out? They just fucking fly out screaming. God damn us all. There's a third Irishman in the chat room. Oh. Never mind. They're all fake. I mean, they're real, but they're not They're not all Irish. You know, it's funny. I, what you don't see a lot of is uh, a tribute to Irish cinema at the Oscars. I mean, there's like six guys. And one of them is Warwick Davis's Leprechaun. That doesn't even count. It's crazy shit. Um, there's an article on the site about the Super 8 movie, and it's indicative of what of of this weird world we live in, where the the idea that the creature from Super 8 had not been designed by the time that they had made the trailer. And that and that explains a hell of a lot because the um, the trailer has the, uh, I don't know if you guys know, Super 8 is that movie that's kind of a joint uh, of J.J. Uh, Abrams and Spielberg. Uh, and it's uh, it's got a, um, a train that derails that apparently is carrying some sensitive creature or item and there's and then at the end of the trailer it's something, something's trying to break out 
and it and it's pounding its fists or mandibles or dick or whatever it is, whatever its 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 weapon of choice of its meat um, is against the uh, against the cage and breaking it. And 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 it's weird because because you know there's an there's an Area 51 aspect to the, the project. So you think maybe it's an extraterrestrial, but the extraterrestrials I know, none of them pound their way out of boxes. They're not that strong. They do shit with their mind. They do shit with your mind. But they don't beat around with their fists. That's the least important thing to an alien. It's kicking ass. At least with its own hands. The aliens got other agendas. They like to be subtle. They like to work within the cerebrum. They like to touch your synapses with their mind bullets. They don't care about your punching through walls or kicking the ass of a door. They want to break things, but they want to break things in a roundabout sort of way. Kind of like women. So, what is the beast at the core of Area 51's top secret project? Super 8. Is it an ape? Is it a space ape? Because that's the kind of thing that I expect to try to burst out of a box. A, a fucking space ape. I don't think that's how Spielberg pitched the movie. It's like, look, I, I did this movie about the Jews. You may have seen. I got a space ape project that's going to blow your chunks. That's not how Super 8 came together. J.J. Abrams said, hey, look, everything I touch turns to madness and gold. I've got a movie I want to do with Steven Spielberg. You may have heard of him. He's got bad hair. And then this movie was born. So what is this creature? What lives inside the box? That's one of the questions we all ask ourselves, I think. But um, if, it's, if it's not some sort of Leviathan or some sort of crazy creep from beyond, I'm not interested. Because I like Cloverfield. I'm a fan of it. I think it's a, it's a, it's an important little movie. It did a good job with what it was, and uh, I didn't mind the shaky cam. It actually kind of worked for me. But you can't strike twice with that kind of a concept. So if this is going to be another project that's you know handheld or you know try to be too meta, as much as I hate that word, um, then J.J. Abrams can go take a shit into the whirlwind. I hope that the creature in Super 8 is a real creature and something amazing some sort of space weasel or like a science, a science beast, something that's crazy, something that kicks, kicks everybody's ass but also is smart enough to know when they, use, they need to reach into your mind and pull thoughts away. Because otherwise, you're just going to lose me. So, that's my, that's, my, uh, that's my feelings on Super 8. Let me bring in a caller because we actually have one. Thank God. Who do I have with me? Good morning. Yes, who's this? This is uh, Tom Suit. How are you doing, Nick? Holy shit, Tom, how you been? Uh, I heard about the Chet Apocalypse, so I figured I'd call in and add to it. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, just the pure fact of me calling in, I think that adds to it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, th now that you say it, a locust did just appear in my coffee. <laughs> what hey, have I you have been doing with yourself? Okay, uh, what's your... I've been bouncing between jobs, and I finally landed a uh, permanent job here about three weeks ago. So I actually have an office now where I can close the door and spend my time calling the Chud Show. <laughs> Good for you, sir. Are you still in the Alpharetta area? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually uh, right off of uh, right up near Whole Foods. Over by on State Bridge or Old Milton or Pleasant Hill, uh, yeah, whatever. Off of, uh, yeah, like Hembury and uh, Hembury and Highway Nine. Oh, that that Whole Foods. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, we're we're on Windward now. The new Chud offices. 
Yeah, I was wondering about that. I was going to go pay you guys a visit. I was all ready to write down the address, but you didn't give it on the air. I, I will give it because I don't care. I mean, what, I mean, if they're going to send something, it has to go through. Like, if they send something dangerous, it has to go through, like, three very nice ladies before it gets to me. So they'll probably take one for the team if they need to. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're, your life is much more valuable than theirs. <laughs> no. Uh, they have breasts. Um, so, yeah, what was your quest? Uh, I, similar to uh, similar to Devin's series on uh, his views of rewatching the Star Trek original series episodes and the Friday the Thirteenth, I would uh, since he's about to become part of that office, I would like to request a uh, Steve Murphy series on the James Bond films. Do you know the story with Steve Murphy and the James Bond films on? on I, I, I know I know every time you every know every time you bring it up in Sean Connery. Steve is uh, jumps to snaps to attention. Yeah, when I, I used to, we started a sister site that Chud called the Sci Fighter. About I think it was like yeah, two thousand. I remember that. Yeah, yeah I remember and that. Steve, Steve was supposed to be the editor of that site, and we came up with a logo, and we had a we had a thing, and there was going to be a series called The Spy Who Fought Me, and it was Steve Murphy goes through every James Bond film in extrinsic intrinsic detail and writes on it in very much the same way that the, the Star Trek and thing turned out to be. And, and Steve did, he did half of one before, <laughs> before, before giving up. And then I think it was Matt Highmarch, Blofeld, who took over yeah. and did like two. I, I do gave remember up. those. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and, and that's, that, that's that kind of the thing. And actually, you know, it's like a running joke now because I th- like Steve was like, he had such big, big aspirations to do that, and and he got through like half of one. It's 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 like, it's the anti-success story. So I think one of the things we're definitely going to utilize him for is stuff like that because first of all, he does have a really good knowledge of that kind of stuff, yeah. and he and and he does know how to put two words together. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what shape it takes because I, I don't think any. I mean, I, I think I think you can apply, and we've we've done it in the past. You can apply that kind of a a method to just about anything, and it works. You know, you can have a lot of fun with it, yeah, but it does yeah. require it does require the this this thing called actually finishing and and, and following <laughs> through, and that, and that's where sometimes we miss the mark. We all do that, but yeah, that would be fun. Yes, I agree. Well, maybe you can uh, offer I, him all the Toblerone he can eat. <laughs> I think I think I think because because he's going to be the new guy, I think it'd be fun to, to saddle him with a, a like a a different franchise. Like maybe maybe he should be required to do. Twilight, or um, you know, Ghoulies. Of course, he or probably the Jeepers, didn't. The, the, the Jeepers <laughs> Creepers uh, saga. Yeah, because there's a lot of unofficial follow. Like, there's like six or seven films in the Jeepers Creepers canon, but most people don't realize that they're Jeepers Creepers. Like both Yaya Sisterhood's movies are Jeepers Creepers tie-ins. <laughs> um, you, you know what always? You know what always bothered me about the first one? I enjoyed the movie, and this is something completely stupid, but it was something that bothered me at the very end. And uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't already seen the movie, then, you know, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast if you haven't already seen it. But at the very end, when you see him in the room, and, of course, he has the Justin Long's eyes, uh, which I think was a Kim Carnes song somewhere back there. But I wish. Um, it, when you see him hanging there, you don't just see empty eye sockets. You see holes through the back of his head. That always annoyed the crap out of me. It's like, what did he reach through the back of his head and poke his eyes out? Or did, I was like, I, I, 
like that that to me i don't know why it annoyed me but it was just something that i thought was ridiculous like why don't you just show his eyes gone not just we know his eyes are gone you don't have to see the wall behind him to, to know that his eyes are gone i don't remember that i mean i remember that you could see that, that basically the, the creeper is looking at us through the hole in justin long with justin's eyes right but I, I don't remember that. But it's like holes, yeah, because you're looking through his eyeballs, through the back of his head. And I always wondered, it's like, so did he stick his fingers in the back of his head and, you know, poke his eyes maybe, out the Maybe front? he just, I mean, well, first of all, maybe he, sucked, maybe he sucked him out of the front. Or maybe, just maybe, a guy who molests children can't get a thought all the way through. Uh, or maybe he popped his eyeballs out and uh, sucked the skull hole. Who knows? Although, I, I, to me, that pales in comparison to the idea of the Creeper having a custom license plate, though. Because <laughs> that blows See, my fucking mind. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about that the other day, too, because I was going, what was that license plate he had? It was, be, it was it, it looked like something. I said, and then I finally remembered it was be, beating you. It was be yeah. eating you. Yeah, that was one of the big twists in the movie. It's like, oh, my God, it's not beating you. It's be eating you. But I still, I still love the idea of, of the creeper putting on his best, his Sunday best, and going down in the motor vehicle to get in line. He's behind like an old Asian lady who wants, you know, like sausage, LOL, as hers or whatever. And then, and then, and then the creeper, <laughs> he's like, he tells them beating you because he doesn't want people to realize he's a cannibal. And, and and then one of his wings falls out of his jacket. He's like, oops. That's fucked uh, up. I wonder, I wonder what is a, well, if he did, and if he did that, you know, sometimes you go down there and, and you get turned down. So I wonder, I wonder what his original choices were, maybe before he came up with, I wonder if he had uh, backups to, That'd be great uh, if to, I, to yeah, beating you. The prequel to Jeeva's Creepers is him getting furious that somebody's got the creeper already. Some kid, some kid in a souped-up Honda has already got the creepa, and, 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 and he's furious about it. So what he does is he goes to a local boys' room and watches them pee for a while. So when he has a Jeep, and so they, so they have a Jeeper already. God damn it! Yeah, he he uh, he actually um, he, he there's also an alternate movie where he's on Network Solutions trying to find the perfect domain for his his crime spree, and they're all taken. So he ends up getting AngelFires.com/slash/Jeeper. You know, it's just the worst worst day in his life. So he goes to the park and waits for a little boy to pee and watches it. He'd be screwed today because I'm sure he'd have to be the Jeeper Creeper at a Twitter. Yeah, it'd be, yeah it'd be, or he'd have like dot, 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 dot USA or something. He'd have to do some kind of stupid tag. Is that it's with Jeeper Creeper 2 because somebody already had Jeeper Creeper. What if, what, if, what if the worst thing is like he gets away with murder but he's arrested for cyber squatting? Or uh, he builds a Facebook page and doesn't uh, doesn't bother uh, checking his privacy settings. <laughs> he actually, I think Facebook makes sense, and, and I mean, maybe that's what he was doing with uh, with Justin Long. Um, I mean, maybe you know, there's, I, that's that, that's the third, the new Facebook movie. There's your third in the trilogy, the cheaper creepers. <laughs> God, I love Jennifer Connelly's breasts when they were good. <laughs> uh, we were talking about Labyrinth the other day, actually. I think she was a little young there. I'm thinking more in terms of the hot spot, but you could yes. have the preteen Jones if you oh, want. Oh, sure she had. I'm sure she still had a hot spot in Labyrinth. <laughs> you're, not, you're not recording this, are you? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, nobody's listening, so it's okay. Um, okay. 
I still kind of have an affinity for Jeepers Creepers, even though I know it's it's flawed and the sequel is so bad that it lost just about everything. It, but you know, every you know people people are finding faults in it. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a it's a monster movie that was released theatrically. That's got some some pretty inventive stuff and it's flawed, but it's still a monster movie that was better than ninety percent of the stuff out there at the time. Yeah, well, it, it was. Uh, I enjoyed it just for the pure fact that it kind of harkened back to not comparing it to Jaws, but kind of the big thing everybody said about Jaws is, you know, you didn't see the shark for, you know, the first quarter or half of the film, and I think those Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers that you kind of saw around him, but you didn't see what exactly was going on, so. Did you see Piranha 3 yet? No, I do, I do want to go see it. I, I went from completely not caring at all to just I've heard so much from so many people that I'm just determined I guess I'm gonna have to go by myself one night and go see it I, I'm hoping well I think I think I think there's cause to, to get a, like a couple like a, another group to go see it in 3D again because it is much better in 3D but yeah I heard Kelly Brook on the uh, Playboy morning show the other morning and they were talking to her about her scene about her uh, aquatic dance scene uh, and then I was like, ah, maybe I do need to see that in 3D. Yeah, she's uh, she's delightful. Well, they asked her. They said, so did you wear, you know, in your scene, did you wear like the little crotch pads or whatever? And she said, no. She could, yeah, she said neither one of us did. She's like, we uh, we were swimming so long that she goes, neither one of us wore any kind of little patch or anything. She goes, we were uh, we were completely naked. I was like, well, well the I, other I, girl, the I, other girl, uh, it was beyond Riley, obvious. Riley Steele. Yeah, she's a, she's a porn star. That's what they said. Yeah, she's a Riley Riley Steele. I think is her name. Are you kidding? Not that I, not that I have any of her movies. Her the the blonde girl. Riley yeah, I think Steele? so. Her name Riley Steele, I believe, is her name. Riding Steele. Because they were um, they were uh, discussing that with her as well. But, uh, but yeah, I did I did get to see Scott, Scott Pilgrim though. And which I, I I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed. It. Honestly, I didn't know. I haven't read. I've done nothing more than casually pick up, you know, the the, the novels and flip through them, and uh, but I've not gone over anything. But I went to it, and I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Especially as as the film went on, about an hour after we left, I kind of was like, I want to go see it again. So yeah. I'm taking my, uh, my my wife's niece moved in with us this weekend, so I'm taking her. Uh, I told her I was like, we gotta go. I was like, we gotta go this weekend. Good. Yeah. Well, you 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 probably will be able to pick your seat. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, mean, I was sad, sad to see that. Yeah. You know what's funny is like it, it is a, you know it's obviously not for everybody, but I've been very yeah. surprised by the breadth of people that have enjoyed it. Like uh, Steve Murphy was a big test for me because I didn't I didn't see it with him, and he typically doesn't like he doesn't have the um, the motivation to get excited about something if other if his friends are excited like it, he just started watching Buffy you know so I mean and, and, and people you know so so he went and saw it and I was really worried that he was going to just you know the curmudgeon was going to surface and he loved it he absolutely loved yeah. it and his yeah. wife wasn't totally into it which, I, which surprised me I thought she would love it and he wouldn't but but um but that that's a, that's usually a sign, like you know, it is it does have the potential to to reach much wider than the core. You know? Yeah, and and I, I, I hate the, I hate the comics. Yeah, I, I I tried. Like I said, I've I picked them up and flipped through them, and you know, I was kind of, eh, but uh, you know, and I took uh, took my wife to see it, and you know, she she was kind of the same way. She she enjoyed some of it. I she 
I don't think was as overly gushing about it as I was, but uh, but she enjoyed some of it. I said, I said the only two movies that I want to re-see that I've seen this this summer are uh, Scott Pilgrim and Inception. Yeah, I still haven't seen Inception for the second time, and I'm and I, and, I, and I'm really I'm excited about it because you know it. I think it's deserving of a lot of you know just about everything it's getting in terms of the attention and the. Yeah, all that. But uh, I know it's one that definitely you have to the repeat viewings make all the difference. But everybody I've talked to that's seen it once or twice says it's still great. A couple of people have seen it three or four times and they start to uh, lose. They start to get, you know, are are more focused on getting to the fun scenes, or uh, yeah. or you know, but they they start to see holes in it. But that, I think you could do that with every movie. I mean, there's no yeah, there's yeah. nothing that's ironclad. So who you know who cares? It's it's uh, if. It, it, you know, when, when we were younger, I think there was, we would see almost anything more than once. You know, the, it, it was the repeat viewing kind of world. You know, oh, you, yeah. You wanted, that was your only way to really show your support for a movie before video caught on as big as it is and before the Internet, obviously. That was how you that was how you were the ground troops for it, but now it's like... Yeah, I, I remember I must have seen Flash Gordon in the theater I, I don't know how many times. I mean, Flash I, Gordon, I, I just... That's, that's I, a weird choice. That's a weird yeah, I kept, I kept, I kept going and going and going, and I don't, I don't know what I loved so much about the movie because I mean I got to the point where you know when they'd show the spaceship landing on uh, Arbor, I'd sit there and point out the wires, but I would be the only one in the theater, you know. But that was back when movies did play for months and months and months and months at a time. And how did, how does it hold up for you? To see. Uh, I, I still it? enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I know it's silly. I've tried to get. Uh, uh, my son, you know, Connor, watched it a couple times with me, and he's watched, he's watched bits and pieces of it. He's been, he's been pretty good about most of the stuff I've shown him. Some of it he's kind of questioned, and then once he's watched it, he's enjoyed it. But uh, what, he's what still, is he like uh, eight, eight or nine? He'll, he'll be nine in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So what's his, uh, what's his thing that he's into now? Uh, he's still, he's still huge. I mean, you can't, you can't pull the Star Wars out of the boy. Um, he's still, uh, he loves the Clone Wars. He loves anything to do with Star Wars. You know, of course, he's too young to, <laughs> he's too young to be bitter and cynical like we all are about the prequels. Although he does like the, he does say he likes, you know, the later movies better and the Clone Wars cartoon, but he's into that and, uh, he's, uh, into, um, the weirdest thing he's into now, because most of the cartoons and stuff, you know, I am juvenile, so I watch most of the stuff with him. And the one that just baffles me is there's a show called Adventure Time, <laughs> and it's on the, the Spice weirdest, No, no, it's 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 the weirdest show I, I've ever seen. And and Elizabeth almost doesn't even like him watching it. I was like, well, it's just weird. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's it's a strange. It almost looks like something that you would have seen on liquid television way back when. But it's uh-huh. a I mean it's a kids show. It's not an adult cartoon show. It's a kids cartoon show. But it's just it's very odd. But uh, but uh, you know I've I've we've let a few things in there for him to watch. He keeps he keeps asking me when he can watch Terminator um, because some of his friends have seen it. And what do you think of uh, Titans? He, he enjoyed it. I told him, I said, you know, I said, well, I said, it's not exactly like the original was, and I'm, I'm afraid it's funny because just thinking about the original, I wanted to show it to him, and I'm thinking about it going, you know, I'll probably show this to him, and he'll be like, oh, when's it going to get going? This is so boring. Yeah. But but he did, he enjoyed, he enjoyed Clash of the Titans, which uh, I kind of expected that just because it's big monsters and crashes and flashing and things like that, but once again, that. Says I, I enjoyed it too. I, like I said, I, 
obviously wistful for the original, but I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it for what it was. Actually, that's I, uh, what he wants for Halloween. He's already told me he wants. Uh, he's gone through the costume book and he wants uh, the Perseus. He wants to be Io. <laughs> I just give him a sheet for that. Here's a sheet and wear a wig. You're good. Um, then again, do you remember the the Sid Marty Croft shows were not exactly all there? Mentally? Oh yeah, yeah. So. I tried to. What did I try to show? Him? I think I tried to show him um, not Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, the the Bugaloos. And yeah, that's messed up. He was like, "What?" He said, "What is this? You watch this? This looks like a little kid show." I was like, "Yeah, it's kind of weird." So. But he, he's he's very interested. Every his response now, every time he sees a preview of a movie, he looks at me and says, "That's rated R, isn't it?" Because everything he wants to see seems as rated R. As soon as the Expendables came out, he's like, "I want to see that." I was like, "No, it's rated R, man." Well, uh, he wants to see Scott Pilgrim too. He can go see a rated R movie in January. That's when he can see it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I've or he could buy a sure. ticket to one and go see something else. Well, the funny thing is, you know, he he was bugging the crap out of me about uh, buying the Predator, that new Predator versus Aliens game, and uh, I just said, you know, it's a little this, a little that, and he's like, well, you won't even let me see the movies, but you should buy the game and all this. So, Predator Two was on uh, G Four one day, and I was like, oh, well, let's see how much of it's cut down since he wants to see Predator so much. So I turned it on, and it was the very beginning where they had the big shootout and the. The downtown, yeah, there's the guys all strung up, and about about two minutes after they go into the building, when they see the blood all splattered on the wall, he looked at me and said, can you turn this off, please? <laughs> I, he, I was like, but you don't realize, he wasn't grossed out. He was just, he, he had missed the first scene, and he wanted, he, he wanted to watch it pure. <laughs> you weren't he around. He, saw, he said, Ruben, Ruben Blaze is in this, please turn this off. <laughs> That's that. That's that's Hollywood royalty you're talking about, Ruben Bladest. <laughs> hey, thank. Hey, Tom, you helped me carry. You helped me carry this show to the end, and I, I, I appreciate it. All right, you betcha. Like I said, I would have called earlier, but I was in a conference call, so I was waiting for, desperately waiting for that to end. All right. Well, thank so you, and added uh, a little to the show, and get and get on Mr. Murphy there, tell him to write those damn articles. I will. Thanks, man. All right, man. See ya. That was helpful. That was helpful because I was I was I was left to my own devices, and usually when that happens, uh, I need a towel. So thank you everybody for tuning in. This is a this was a this was an Armageddon, but it was only because it was just me and me by myself is about as exciting as you by yourself. So uh, we'll try it again next week with with real, with real folks. But uh, I'm trying to get one more live thing on Thursday night with Devin, so where we can have a nice big. Chatterbox, not the movie, but the lady with the talking vagina, uh, with uh, with you guys and Devin. So let's uh, let's pressure him to get that going on Thursday night. Thanks.